Welcome everyone to another episode of the Top Talk Travel Log, where we keep track of Richard Turb's adventures and journeys around the world. Today, I've got not just Richard Turb, but Stephen McCormick, joined with a special guest. Hey, Hello. Good Richard, to see you. Uh, you're back with us. Thank you very much. Can you quickly let us know who's with you today? Of course. My very special guest today has flown, I don't know how many miles you've flown across to be with us today, specifically for this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got Tracy Arisco, who works with uh, Huntress. Huntress uh, are a big cybersecurity vendor based out of North America really big uh, within the managed service community, fantastic reputation and that. And the reason Tracy is over here is that Huntress are putting feet on the ground for their uh, first moves into the European market. I say first moves, obviously you're hiring people in, in Europe here, but as we found out uh, from being on the road the past few days, you've got loads of MSPs who have sneakily been using Huntress in Europe anyway. We have, we've got about 150 European UK partners today mm -hmm. and they've been working with us for quite a while some of them for the last five or six years yeah but we should explain Pascal where we've been mm -hmm. obviously we're in a, a charming hotel room in Bristol in the southwest of the country at the moment but yesterday uh we were with Stephen in Birmingham and Birmingham was the latest stop on the Huntress Breaches and Brews tour uh, so Tracy tell us tell us about Breaches and Brews well I think that at Huntress all we are interested in doing when we launch into a country is find a way to engage with the local communities. And in England, I could think of nothing better than pub nights. <laughs> How that, did you find it, Stephen? Yeah, pub well, nights. It, it was actually a really nice venue uh, we were in in Birmingham. Um, it was called the Distillery. Um, and it's a proper old-fashioned um, gin parlour and and public house on, on the canal side. And we had about 20 or so MSPs uh, all talking about all things cybersecurity. There was pizza, there was beer. Um, yeah, and it was it was a really nice evening to, to kind of share Huntress's message that they're landing here and they're fixing to stay. So, yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, because the tour, interestingly, started in, in, in London. Then right. there was Manchester, then Birmingham, as you mentioned a moment ago, that you know, in, in, in Bristol. Um, is that literally like um, how many cities have you seen in the space of a week, Tracy? Well, we started out in Amsterdam at another event, and then we yeah. did London. I spent a weekend uh, bombing around London, doing all kinds of park touring and eating way more than I should and uh, enjoying a place called The Ned, which apparently is a local treasure. We will talk in a moment about some of the information you posted on LinkedIn because I am really surprised you found some amazing croissant in in Birmingham. But uh, <laughs> we will come come back to that in a moment. For me, what what is interesting, I want to ask, uh, I suppose you, Stephen, when you were in Birmingham, the kind of reaction and question people had about both Huntress and, of course, their specialism around cybersecurity. Yeah, well, as as Tracy said, there, she, you know. Huntress have been working with partners in the in the UK all already, but I think it's it's kind of nice now that um, that there's going to be more of a presence um, with a headquarters kind of um, opening up in in Dublin. So um, I think we'll be seeing a lot more take up of of Huntress, especially after 
what I thought was a very impressive um, demonstration that Joe um, Burns did last night um, about uh, cookie hijacking. Um, I don't know if you want to speak a bit more about that one, Richard. That was I, I found that very impressive. So, so Joe, I'm right. Uh, Joe Burns of uh, Reformed IT, um, MSP based out of uh, the East Midlands, Leicester sort of area, and he's uh, they're already Huntress. Uh, clients aren't they so joe very kindly you know in amongst all the beers and everything so tough crowd i mean you know speaking to a load of msps getting between them and their beer uh, but he was actually given a demonstration of uh how easy relatively it is to uh to breach microsoft 365 uh by hijacking uh, a cookie uh so joe actually set up like a secure server and uh, showed how uh, uh hackers cybersecurity. Uh, villains might actually send an email and with uh, instead of there being a link in the email you know the dodgy emails that we're used to there was a OneNote link and which looked innocuous and then you click the OneNote link and it takes you to a, a you know a page that says oh you need to log into microsoft 365 and joe took took us through it step by step how he then actually got the credentials uh but of course credentials with our mfa multi-factor authentication you know that's uh, one way of blocking it but then joe showed us how you know even with mfa uh he hijacked the cookie uh, and basically demonstrated, you know, how cyber uh, criminals can use this to get into a Microsoft uh, 365 environment. And of course, Huntress, you know, is one of the protections against that. So maybe talk, Tracy, a little bit about how you're helping, you know, the, the product for the Microsoft 365 side of things. Sure. We just launched a product three months ago called MDR for Microsoft 365. The goal of that is to protect against business email compromise. We know that attackers have moved from the endpoint to the identity pretty heavily. And we want to make sure that those Office 365 accounts are protected through the Hunter's portal. Mm. So it was, it was just a very interesting demonstration to a room full of very savvy uh, MSPs in the room, uh, just showing like, okay, sometimes, you know, it's not a case of if, it's a case of when you're going to get breached. And uh, Joe is explaining how, you know, he's worked with Huntress for quite some time. And it just gives him that peace of mind that if anything happens, Huntress have got got their back. And uh, actually, we should explain for the benefit of uh, of listeners who are not familiar with Huntress exactly what you do. Because we said cybersecurity, but that's quite a big field. So maybe explain a little bit more about how Huntress help MSPs. Absolutely. So Huntress's tagline is cybersecurity for the 99%. We were built and designed to, to always be an SMB-focused cybersecurity firm. We have three products. We've got endpoint detection and response, so that EDR fully managed and backed by a 24-7 SOC that is around the world. So both uh, UK, North America, and ANZ. We have the MDR for 365 product, and we also have security awareness training. The goal for Huntress is to help end users change their behavior patterns and help MSPs understand why it's important to keep their own houses as secure as they keep their clients. I think what was interesting looking at the information you shared as well, Tracy, is about how you take the initiative. So you don't wait uh, to use your term a moment to go, uh, Richard, villains to, to uh, misbehave, to then do something about it. You know, you take real initiative. I mean, looking, for example, where you will let people know in advance about potential ransomware incidents, uh, in advance about the, the kind of issues around viruses, and importantly, um, what you've done with, with the uh, Bridges and Brews 
allowing people to understand about some of the, the, the tactics that are being used by those criminals. We believe that our offense is your defense. Talking of, um, you know, going around and spending time in, in London, so you've been, so obviously in Manchester, you've been in Birmingham, you made a claim on, on LinkedIn that you've learned some local slang. So <laughs> I will be asking in, in, in a moment, obviously, uh, about uh, all of that. But in terms of, you know, what you've taken away from Amsterdam, from the UK about attitude to, obviously, uh, uh, prevention from, you know, Europeans and, uh, you know, the kind of things that they look forward to when working with interests. I think we're seeing a lot of the same things here in uh, EMEA and the UK around the conversations we've been having this week where the end user working with an MSP doesn't have any money for cybersecurity. And we talked a lot this week about the concept of there is zero dollars for a cyber attack before there's an attack. There's all the money in the world for it afterwards. So as we engaged with the MSPs this week, we asked them mostly to tell us how they were doing business and what were the challenges that they were coming up against with their client base. Overall, the industry is not yet taking cyber attacks seriously enough. You're going to see more and more um, legislation coming down. We talked a little bit about that last night at the uh, Birmingham event. And as the governments get involved, the MSPs are going to have to be tighter and they're going to have to decide to get rid of those clients sometimes that don't believe in the security that they need to provide them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a case, you know, if you look at the history across all sectors, it's either, you know, once there's been injury or, you know, near death or when the government get involved with rules and regulations, that behavior changes, which is a bit of a shame, but you know, I liked as well, you know, the way which Huntress is doing an enormous amount around uh, education. I would encourage people to, you know, check out the website huntress.com because your resources are plentiful from webinars on demand to resource kits to downloads and so on, just to keep, you know, uh, informing yourself about not only the work that you're doing, but also the way in which the way you do what you do, should I say. Huntress has been very vocal for the last seven years that it is not just our partners that should benefit from the value of the staff that we have hired. Whether you are a Huntress partner or not, we want you to be safer. So the CVE rapid response blogs, our monthly Tradecraft Tuesdays, or the Fireside Chat series, those are designed to educate the entire industry, not just a select group of Huntress partners. Pascal, that's where Huntress first came on my radar, um, probably about two, three years ago, um, where obviously we were, you know, a big part, a big supporter of the tech tribe, you know, awesome online community for MSPs. But I saw a trend that every time an MSP posted in the tech tribe saying, oh, crap, one of my clients has been breached. People were pointing towards free Huntress resources on like, okay, this is how you handle it. This is what you can do to shore things up. And Huntress have been really open and um, helpful on, you know, forums like Reddit and the MSP community as a whole, just helping out with people, with MSPs who are not their clients. So I think it's like, you know, it's a really good uh, uh, insight into the culture of the company. You know, obviously they would love every MSP to be a client of Huntress, but they appreciate that the industry as a whole needs help, you know, get into grips with this wave of uh, of cybercrime, really. Because, you know, one final thought on this, for all the MSPs who think that, oh, the client doesn't want to pay for this uh, protection, 
I can tell you from experience, being a former owner of MSP myself, that when it hits the fan, <laughs> the client is going to point the finger in one direction and one direction only, and it's going to be at you as the MSP. So when I've been speaking to uh, European MSPs who are already using the Huntress service, uh, and I say, well, what benefits you get out of it? What it all comes down to is that peace of mind that you're not in it alone. So, you know, when something bad happens uh, or, or is about to happen, it's really good to have a partner expert the other end of a phone to say, OK, what do we do now to keep things safe? So that was what attracted me to Huntress in the first place. And uh, I think they're going to make a big splash in Europe. Oh, that's good to hear. I know that you've got to soon, you know, depart for, you know, preparing for the, the event in, in Bristol. I want to go back to yesterday in, in Birmingham. Stephen, you were there. Um, mm -hmm. Did you have to support Tracy with the local lingo and the accent? Because, I mean, I would, I would personally <laughs> struggle on occasion. Um, well, surprisingly, I think Tracy's got the lingo down. Um, I mean, she didn't seem to struggle um with anything um and she was quite savvy at being able to kind of make sure ev everybody was topped up um on their drinks so you know i think um i think i think she's i think she's actually well read up on how to pass as a local brummy so i think i think she's welcome back I think the most important thing that I discovered, and Richard and I did a lot of coaching on the trains between the different cities, is if someone hands you a gin and tonic in Birmingham, you say, Tabab. Tabab, that's it. And did you hear the way Tracy pronounces Birmingham? Yeah. Birmingham. Not Birmingham in Alabama. <laughs> And I also learned from Tracy, um, who is uh, from from Canada, and uh, we don't. It's not called Toronto, is it? No, it's, it's called Toronto. Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Wow. Toronto. We've we've, we've wow. got this uh, cultural exchange here going, you know, across the across the ocean. Okay. Well, before you go, Tracy, I'd like you to take part in the um, Talk Travel Log quiz, and just to know whether or not you've been listening to Richard and and Stephen, I'll ask you a question about Birmingham. This is how I pronounce it. And this these are true or false statements. So I'm going to give you a statement, Tracy, that to decide those true or false about the wonderful city of Birmingham, which is just as nice as Bristol, Manchester, London, and Amsterdam, where you've been. But statement number one, Tracy, Birmingham has more green spaces than Paris. True. Yes, it is true. Statement number two, J.R.R. Tolkien once lived in Birmingham, the author of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Well, I hope that's true because I would live in Birmingham. Yeah, that's true as well. Do you know that his, his parents allegedly had a farm not near Birmingham called Bag End? Who knew? I also learned this morning on my travels throughout Birmingham that there are more canals running through Birmingham, 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 Birmingham than there are that run through Venice. Ah, what a that's place. True. Statement number three of five, Britain's most famous plane, the Spitfire was built in Birmingham. True. Yes. Now, Birmingham Christmas Market is the second largest in the UK. I believe that is true. We were watching them this morning put up the Birmingham Christmas Market. Oh, my goodness, they started. Well, it's oh, false, yeah. but only in a good way, Tracy, because it is actually the largest in the UK <laughs> and the second largest in Europe. Interesting. I'm coming oh, yeah. back for that then. Well, you have to. And finally, the electric cinema 
on Station Street, I hope Richard took you there, is the oldest working cinema in the UK. I'm going to go with true because I feel the law of averages makes it so. Yeah, it is true indeed. It opened in 1909. So, you know, very, very impressive. Well done, Richard and Stephen, for being such a good ambassador of Birmingham. <laughs> can, we, can we throw some other stuff that we've educated? Yes, uh, please do. She's, she's picked it up with a plum, I should say. So the first thing is I got an excited text from London as we were heading to Manchester. She was like, I've just had something called... A Cornish pasty. I don't understand how I've lived my entire life. And I want to push back at Richard a little bit. I had been in London at that point for four whole days and he had not told me about this beautiful delicacy, probably to save my waistline. <laughs> I think that's terrible. Uh, when I discovered Savoy and Peace Pudding in a Stotty Cake when I moved to Newcastle, I think it was heavenly. <laughs> And we introduced uh, Tracy when we were in Manchester and it was David Barretton, wasn't it, of uh, Mice and Pages. And he said, well, you can't come here uh, and go to the pub and spend time here without at the end of the night getting a lovely kebab meat and chips with garlic mayo sauce. So that's exactly, we treated you to that, Tracy, didn't we? And uh, how was your experience of kebab meat and chips? I will admit that I ate it happily in my hotel room bed. Mm. <laughs> well, listen... Perfect. Uh, I'm horrified. And if you ever want to organize an event in Paris, I shall take good care of you, Tracy. Look, look at the, the Frenchman here with his uh, fantastic cuisine. And he's like, what? We're eating kebab meat and chips. Shame on you. We also <laughs> went through the many different types of chips. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Because in North America, chips are potato chips, like mm -hmm. you call crisps. Yeah. So there was a lot of confusion around the kebab meat and chips for me. And I think we've set, set things straight, though, that it's crisps. You have chips with kebab meat. French fries are a form of chips, but they aren't the only chip. And so we've opened Tracy's eyes to the whole world of potato-based products that you can get in England. That is incredible. Well, listen, enjoy your very last event for now in, in Bristol, the Bridges and, and Brews. Can I just say that on behalf of Team Tub, people are very disappointed that the Bridges are not to do with some form of uh, garment that Richard would have had to, to wear uh, every evening when he was out in a band with you, Tracy. We did come up with a few alternate names to Breaches and Brews, none of which I can say on the air, but all of which were quite funny. <laughs> Excellent. And congratulations. Well, I've, got, I've got one here now, actually, because because it was in October that you decided to hold them here. You could have had Lager and Lederhausen. That could have been a, a <laughs> thing. German themed. Yeah, they are. I will hold on to that one. October best thing. So, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we can ask listeners to uh, to write in with their best uh, or tweet in at a blog with your best examples of what next year's tour should be called. I believe that we are the type of company that is agile enough to take that advice. <laughs> Excellent. And with that, a big thank you to all three. Goodbye, Tracy. Bye, Richard. Bye, Stephen. See you on the next one. Thank it was you. a pleasure. Yeah, Pascal. Thank you. Thank you.